0: Why, thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful musical introduction. Oh, my goodness gracious. Pretty soon you're going to start cranking out some Jingle Bells, maybe some Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That was on TV the other day. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Burl Live. Silver and Gold, Silver and Gold. I love that. I believe that came out in 1965 along with Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown came out on December 8th, I believe, in 1969. Classic, interesting backstory to Charlie Brown and uh want to find out about it google it read it report it right Juggle Jim? but please you got to get those christmas cons, christmas kong king kong of christmas to get those christmas songs going pretty soon pal. can you do that but not to knock the theme song because that is one of the most impressive creations of musical genius ever laid down that i have ever heard in my entire life. Jungle Jim musical director, this is Tim Marr, this is Failing Up, recording this podcast smack dab in the middle of the holiday season, all flurry of stress and activity and in the basement studio located on the mighty shores of the Seneca River, going in cold water right up to the Great Lake of Ontario, feeding the mighty St. Lawrence Seaway past 1,000 islands out into the Atlantic Ocean and around the world, just like my voice and your music, Jungle Jim. That's right, or you can go the other direction, head on over to Buffalo, New York, just a little bit north of Buffalo, take a fall falls, take a falls, head into Cleveland, or hip up into Toronto, Canada. Beautiful Toronto, Canada. Beautiful Buffalo, New York, and beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. The Great Lakes. In the midst of the Christmas season. Oh my goodness gracious, all these massive trees now are all lit up when you go into a city. You know, every city has um it's huge Christmas tree, just boom, we'll let it lit up. You know, the one in front of 30 Rock, you got the one outside of the uh, White House. None none compares to 30 Rock. But then you go in, you know, and other cities have their trees. And they always it's funny because they always have the huge tree and uh, they stick a menorah next to the tree just to play it safe. You know, there's this huge Christmas tree. You can't compete with a Christmas tree. I don't care. You cannot compete with a Christmas tree. And they always stick the menorah next to the Christmas tree. And you never notice, you know, I feel bad. If you're going to have a menorah, have it, you know, proportionally equal to the tree. Because you can't beat the tree, so if you're going to have a tree and a menorah, you better have them, you know, proportionally equal. But in most places, you can't even find the menorah because you have this huge tree. And I believe in some places they still wheel it in. They still wheel the trees in. You know, they they find someone to donate their tree. They cut down this huge tree. They bring it into the city, put a bazillion lights on it. And I'm telling you, they got to throw the tree out with those lights. And um, and then that's a Christmas decor. I mean, New York City at Christmas time is phenomenal. Oh, But I'm in the midst, Jungle Jim, I am in the midst of decorating hell because there is nothing relaxing about this time of year. This time of year is just, this time of year reminds me when I was a kid and we'd go on uh, these ride, these Sunday rides in our family. You know, my father and mother would put us all in the station wagon and we'd go riding down through the country, especially in the fall, to see the fall foliage and get some apples. And uh, come on, kids, we're going for a ride and you're going to have fun. And that's what Christmas is like. It's all this, you know, the second that flip, the second, you know, the, the flip, the switches flip, the second the switches flip from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it is like whew, a static flush of stress. And it's this intoxication where you just kind of lose sense of reality and everything, you know, you're decorating this and you're decorating that. Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to buy another $300 worth of lights for two weeks. But one of the most stressful activities of Christmas time. You know, I used to love Christmas. I, you know, when you're a kid, you like Christmas because your parents or whoever you're with are doing all the work, and you're kind of, you know, you're decorating the tree, and you remember having hot chocolate maybe and putting an ornament on the tree pot, maybe not, or looking at other trees. As you get older, and maybe you're single. You're going to places where there's parties and trees. You're not decorating. You're enjoying them. Now all of a sudden, you're, you're getting your own tree. There is nothing. There are no mem- good memories of me getting a tree as an adult that I treasure. It is labor. It is work. It is not fun. It is stressful. There are so many swear words coming out of my mouth. First of all, we get in our car and we drive out to this place in the middle of nowhere. Are you going to cut your own? Like some type of um, test of your your manhood or your adulthood? Are you going to cut your own tree? Or are you going to just get one? Yeah, we cut our own tree. Oh, we oh. Oh, we cut our own tree. Well, good for you. Yeah, we, oh, we cut our own. We get the saw and we go out and we cut our tree. Well, you know, you can pay people to do that. They're called lumberjacks. You want to cut a tree, get a lumberjack. So we go get the tree. Now, of course, you can you want to cut your own tree or you just want to get We'll get a pre-cut. We'll get a pre-cut. And I tell people, we get a pre-cut. It's like the Caesarean section of Christmas trees. So we get the pre-cut. 13-foot pre-cut tree drag it out to the car. They bail it for you now. They put it through the baler, and it's all, you know, this big, thin, long tree. It's not really thin, though. And you, ugh, you put this huge thing on top of your vehicle. Stress number two is you got to tie it down, praying to God it doesn't fall off your car on the journey back home. Did I tie it right? Is the twine going to hold? Did I do this? Did I do that? Every turn? Flashers on going two miles an hour. Nervous. Wrecked the whole... What's that noise? What's that noise? pulling that string going in the inside of the car because you loop it around the hood and you loop it inside the car. You can't open any of the car doors except the driver door. Nobody can escape the vehicle because the Christmas tree is on top of that car. And God help us if that dead tree falls into the road and, and gets dead, deader, or gets ugly. Because the tree is dead now. You just cut it. It's been cut. So you now we get it home. And now come everybody becomes a Christmas tree expert all of a sudden. Well, you know, when you get the tree home, you have to let it sit. You have to let So you get it in the house. You have to let it stand for a while. You cut the bailing off and whoosh, it opens up. This huge tree whoosh, opens up. Make sure you put it into the, into the stand with some nice boiling water because that will help it. Well, you know what? You just cut it. It has no roots anymore. You amputated this tree. People don't want to hear that, but the tree has been amputated. You know, it's a tree without roots. It's a tree without roots. It's a, it's it's, it's you know, it's a corpse. It's a corpse. And first of all, getting it into the stand, lugging this huge tree into the house. Who knows how many pounds it weighs. And now you get it on the stand and there's all, you know, one person's oh, a little to the right, a little to the left. Oh, almost, you almost got it. You get it straight. Because God forbid if that mother falls over. And now when it's in this big stand and you think it's straight, now you got to screw the stand proportionally. So there's like, you know, this stand, there's three screws on this cast iron stand. And if you don't screw them in just right, you're going to throw the tree just a little bit off. And if you throw just a little bit off, there's a chance that mother could tip. And you do not want your Christmas tree to tip because then you've got to strip search it and do it all whole thing all over again. That's a lot of work to get that bad boy into the house. You're bringing a tree into your house, a 13-foot tree into your house, sticking it in the stand, trying to hold it still while you screw this stand. Essentially, you're reconstructing the interior of your house because the furniture has all been moved to put this tree in. Yeah. you listen to me, Jungle Jim? Yeah, you're over there. I know. You're over there sucking on that eggnog. Listen up. And then you get it all tied in. Then you sit and you look at it because you're supposed to just let it hang. The branches need to drop. Well, the tree's about, you know, 17 years old, and now the branches have to drop. That's like telling somebody after they reach puberty, you got to wait for their balls to drop. Their, the tree's balls dropped a long time ago. Its balls have dropped. So the branches drop a little bit. Then comes the worst, one of the worst, worst things you can do. Putting the freaking lights on the tree. Now you got to light that sucker up. You don't just take lights and weave them around. You, know, you have certain techniques and there's certain uh, pieces, there's certain levels of lighting. Like First, there's the interior lights, the ones you have to put really close to the trunk so they light up the inside of the tree. Those are usually white lights. And, of course, you're on a ladder and you have to go around and tuck them in and the wires aren't supposed to be shown. And you got to make sure that you keep the, the male end open so you can plug them in because if you put those lights on backwards, you are screwed. You're screwed, jungle gym, because if you have the female end, which doesn't plug into anything, means you gotta take them all off and redo them, which I have done. So you always have to make sure you got the male end at the end. Because that male end is what you plop it into, you know, boom, that goes in. Invariably, there's always a light out. There's always three or four lights out, and you gotta, you gotta figure out which light is out, you can use a new strand and you get them on this year I got them on I, and I couldn't find the you know I set the, me, the the mail and into the tree now it's all green cuz it's camouflage so you can't find the damn thing so I had to go through and retake the lights off it took me 3 hours to put lights on this freaking tree and the outer layers you tuck it you got to make sure the lighting's balanced the inside is illuminated the exterior is illuminated and of course everybody's tree is going to be brighter than your tree because you have to have a bright tree it has to compete with Rockefeller Rockefeller freaking center ay 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 then you get the lights on. Thank God the lights are on. You pray to God they don't blow out. The lights nowadays are a lot better than they used to be. It like, used to be like light blew out and the whole thing went. On, you know, I need to a light up. So you get the light up. I need a little water. I'm gonna I'm gonna water my tree, which is me. I'm the tree. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So you get that. You get that. Now everybody wants to decorate the tree with one ornament then they leave. So I got a 13 foot tree lit. Unbaled, well hung, drinking water while it's dead. It's dead. Hoping that it maintains itself for two weeks so your house doesn't catch on fire. Because you put electrical wiring on a dead pine tree in your living room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you got to put those freaking ornaments. Now, every ornament almost has a meaning. The older you get, every ornament has a meaning. And of course, you have your coach. In my case, it's my wife who's my coach. And you say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that guy's got to go. Oh, that's a, where, Where's the ornament of the baby's Oh, that's the, oh, that was the kitty cat's. Oh, remember when he made, oh my God. After the first 15, I'm just sticking those bad boys wherever they go. It's, you know, it's not, it's not an art sculpturing project. It's a tree. And now certain ornaments have to go in certain spots, you know, because nobody wants to be on the back side of the tree or this side of the tree. And they have to be balanced and they have to make sure they hang. You put the ones that aren't fragile on the bottom and every year an ornament will break. You have to prepare for this. Every, every Christmas you have to prepare for the breakage of an ornament. And it's not just like any ornament that breaks. It's going to be a really meaningful. I remember the year my John Lennon ornament broke. Oh my! To this day I'm still devastated about that. But every year an ornament will break, so you just got you just have to accept that. You know, it's it's the circle of Christmas life. An ornament will break, and you will like the ornament a lot that will break. And it's just better to say, "Oh shit, I can't believe that one broke." And you don't want to be the one to drop it because if you're the one to drop it, it you you've ruined Christmas for a while. And it's usually an accident. You know, it's a tree. You're hanging ornaments on, on branches, and something's gonna fall. Something's gonna break. Something's gonna give hours of putting these ornaments on just in the right place. The little ones here, the big ones here, the glass ones there, the hallmark ones there. Nowadays they don't put like it used to be, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you grew the tree in your house. But when I was a kid, tinsel was huge. Like if you look at pictures of Christmas trees from the 50s or the 40s and the 50s, I was a kid in the 60s. And the 60s, they're just loaded with tinsel because parents then were smart. People were smart back then. They got these trees they put lights on them. They just slapped the ornaments on them. They just covered them in tinsel. Just covered these trees. You couldn't see a thing. They were just covered in tinsel. Nobody uses tinsel anymore. Tinsel was great. The tree was just like one big, huge, silver, shredded sheepdog of a tree. No one uses that stuff anymore, that tinsel you throw. I used to love it as a kid throwing the tinsel on the tree, big clumps of tinsel going on the tree. Covering all the covering all the mistakes, covering the bear. Oh, throw a big lump. There's a there's a bear spot. Throw that a clump tinsel right in that bear spot. Plugs it right up. Plugs it right up. No more tinsel. Now you gotta get the ornaments in the right ornaments on the inside, ornaments on the outside. And what do you put on top A star or an angel? Angel goes on top of the tree. Bad back, sore knees, sore neck. Essentially. In two days, thirteen hours, we've totally renovated our house. That's that's just a tree. That's not all the others. That's just a tree. Renovated our house. Brought a thirteen-foot tree into the house. Rewired it. Placed ornaments that cannot break, but yet ornaments are fragile, but they're not supposed to break. What a racket! What a great racket. God bless the person who thought up Now They designed these sentimental uh, objects that come out once a year during the most meaningful time, one of the most family uh, memory creating times of the year where everything everything takes out more importance. Do you remember grandma's sausage? Oh, 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 the egg dog. Oh, 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 this is the ornament we made. It could be a ribbon. It could be a, it could be a ribbon with a stick of gum on it. Oh, that's the ornament. But these, but ornaments, what are orna- what are Christmas ornaments? Most of them made out of glass. They're like the most fragile, fragile object you're ever going to hold. It's a Christmas ornament. What a racket. So you put this tree into your house, which if you're the real dude, you cut down. Unbail it. Put it up. Put your electrical wiring on. It takes hours upon hours. And now you put these ornaments, these fragile, fragile ornaments, all have, a, all have a meaning. One breaks, you're screwed on this tree. No one go near the tree. The glass ornaments are on it. All these ornaments go on this tree. Glass, fragile. One breaks, you go get five more. Fragile of the fragile, hanging them on a dying tree in your house with electrical wiring on it. But it takes hours to do. And it's all done. The fragile ornaments are safe and nestled onto the tree. The lights are onto the tree. You turn down the lights in your room, your, your Christmassy tree room. And some, and some people have multiple. We have multiple. Of course, we have multiple tree rooms. But this is the tree room. You turn on the lights in the tree room, you know, and it's just the glow of the, of the, of the colored Christmas lights and the glistening ornaments. And you look at that tree Well, I have an ice pack or a heat pack on my back and some Tylenol on my belly a big glass of Diet Coke I slay and I sit on the couch with my legs on the coffee table staring at that tree knowing that I'm going to enjoy the labors of over 14 hours of hard work I'm going to enjoy that beauty of that tree for about 10 days 10 days I'm going to enjoy that tree 10 days and then everything gets reversed. Except this time, there's no excitement and merriment of the holiday when it's reversed. When it's reversed, it's like nobody's around. Nobody wants to take the ornaments off. It's not magical taking the ornaments off the tree. But every ornament's got to come off the tree. Every ornament's got to go back in its box. And then you just reverse it. Then you get into the lights. God, Then you realize, oh, my God, how did I ever put these lights on? Where's the end of it? I can't just tied a knot. You get the lights, but then you got to get that big, huge freaking sucker out of your house and you got to rebuild your house. So, this annual event occurs annually because it's annual, which means it's annual every year. It is annual, by the way, not biannual, it's annual every year. And at least in our home, from the first Saturday in December to January 6th. So, about a month, about a month of hard labor. Up and down, done. In between all that, we're shopping around and you listen to Christian music and you're you're jacked up on candy and all that stuff. Aye aye aye. Everybody say, oh, look at John. Everybody say, oh, just don't forget, don't forget the true meaning of Christmas. Please don't forget the true meaning of Christmas. Hold it in your heart. How can you hold it in your heart when you're exhausted? Anyway. The Christmas tree from hell, it's up. The tree is up. I'm on the couch later tonight, looking at it, cherishing it. And in the back of my mind, projecting, I got to take that whole bad boy down in about 14 days. I hear you, Jungle Jim. You want to get out here because you got to set up your tree. This is Tim Martin. That's Jungle Jim. This is filling up. Bye bye.